0: Influencers, let's get Bouge. Listen to Aid Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Aide Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dun, 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 dun. Ladies and gents, welcome to episode 181 of Aid Thompson and other disappointments. It's Tuesday. We're back from a bank holiday. Uh, how was yours? Guys, what's what's been going on? How you doing? What's the unhappy haps? Out there, a um, uh, quick bit of podcast admin for you. Um, there's loads happening with the pod actually at the moment. It's all it's all rather exciting, if I do say so myself. I've i started testing ideas out with stand up, like for some of the live shows. I've been doing a few open mic nights, and um, uh, I don't mind admitting to you, last Thursday night's gig did not go well. <laughs> like, like it went bad. It's it, it 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 takes a lot to unite people these days in these volatile times of political division. But you can take some solace, dear listeners, in the fact that the one thing this audience were united right by with, with Borg-like unity instantly was the disapproval of my jokes. So there is that. Maybe we can build from there. Um, I don't know man I I had two jokes that I wanted to try the other the other night and I I wanted to try them but I didn't it wasn't enough for a full set so I bolted them on to the first like my openers you know you open with a couple of strong jokes and then you you move into your your new stuff you test the water with the new stuff so um so that was the plan but these two new jokes were I like I would comfortably put them in what I would call the high risk high reward category okay <laughs> and so sometimes that category is great because when you have jokes like that and they work like when they explode they're a bit high risk the reward is fucking amazing it's like yeah that's why i do this because <laughs> you say the joke and the room explodes with laughter and then you're like holy shit so so it was funny oh man i'm not i'm not a total weirdo for thinking like that after all this is great like it's so affirming. Like, if it works, it really works. It's great. But the flip side of that, of course, is that, it, you know, they are high risk. And occasionally, <laughs> they do crash and burn. And then you look like a total fucking idiot. And that is precisely what happened <laughs> on Thursday. So that was fun. Uh, that was that was a truly humbling experience. Um, and it's... Like, it's weird, man, because, like, on on your way there, (laughs) on your way there, you're like, oh, man, this is going to kill. Like, I cannot believe how funny this joke is. These people are not ready. Dawson is not ready. And then, you know, then you go out and you say your jokes and they bomb. You just die on your arse and you're shaken, you know, like you're proper jarred by it. And you're like, I don't understand, like what, what, what went wrong? Like, why, why does nobody see how hilarious I'm being? <laughs> and should, like, should I tell you guys a joke? Should I, you know, burn it on here, as it were? Fuck it, I'll tell it on here. I'll, I'll probably butcher it now, but, um, but fuck it. I mean, it, it didn't work already, so, <laughs> so butchering it on here probably improve it Uh, anyway look here's here's the idea the joke right That, that did not work the other night so it was a big you know political satirical set and and part of that was like i'm explaining tactical voting to people and bear in mind it's not a very political crowd so i'm sort of you know trying to pepper the routine with a bit of explanation and so i'm explaining it and i say you know tactical voting is when you all band together Right. Like it's strength in numbers. It's us all getting behind a common uh, cause, like a shared goal to improve our shared situation. That is tactical voting. And then I'm like, I like tactical voting. Because it reminds me of the time I lived in my hometown, Maidenhead, and there was a deadly T-junction and it had caused some fatalities and everyone had begged the local Tory authority to do something about it, but they ignored it. And so everyone was really depressed and it felt like we were a long, long way away from happy times. But then, you know, as depressed as we were, everyone banded together with a shared goal and we fucked this guy's (laughs) mum, right? And then we all felt much better, right? Like, and I'm pointing at the MC, as I say, you know, and then we fuck this guy's mouth. And I love that joke. And maybe you're thinking as I'm saying this, like, wait, I got. was that a joke? Like, but hear me out here, right? I, I, I'm i going to explain it. So, like, I love it because it's, like, it's cheeky. It's like, oh, you know, and then, like, technically I love it because it's a sort of, you know, a build-up and then a switcheroo sort of thing. Like, you think I'm going to say... And then we all united behind a common cause and the T-junction became a roundabout. You know, we put some traffic lights in and it never happened again. But then it flips at the last second to a mum fucking joke. And I love that. The build up, you know, the expectation and then the 90 degree turn. Love it. But the crowd did not. (laughs) The crowd, the crowd gasped, in fact, and, um. You know, and then I, I closed the joke off. I was like, you know, and then we all felt much better, after, you know, because we fucked this guy mum, that, that, that sort of thing. And then there was a short, you know, titter of, you know, polite, diffusing, non-laughter, you know. Okay, very much the vibe of like, look, we better all laugh or this is going to be even more awkward than it already is. But, but yeah, fuck me. Like, I, I came off that stage. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, how did, like... I got that really wrong, like, and here's the thing Like, you might be listening to me Explaining that, and you might be thinking Well, yeah You know, that is That is a shit joke, but But you're wrong And here's why (laughs) So So first, it has all the necessary components For a joke, okay To elicit laughter, it just fucking does I've been doing comedy for a while, I know this stuff We can argue about what you find funny Versus what I find funny, you know, in different genres of comedy. But factually, that joke, it has a build-up. It has the switch at the end, you know. Scientifically, it is an okay joke. I promise you. And then, you know, second, there are variables to this stuff, you know. Like, if you've been doing comedy for a while, you kind of you learn some of this stuff. Like, I was on first... You know, it's early in the night, I'm quite shouty. Everyone's sober. It's a week night. Like, I don't think they're a particularly political crowd at this comedy club. And you know, third, I suppose. Like I know that the second part sounds like a cop-out, you know, it's like, oh, oh, it was the audience's fault that your joke sucked. Was it hey, okay, all right. But here's the thing, right? That you could sort of work this stuff out mathematically sometimes, right? Is so before the 21 Soho gig that I did with Danny Price, before that one, I was at this same place for a few weeks before testing some ideas. And, and there were moments of tittery and, you know, sort of tepid responses. But with the titters and the sort of tepid, like those jokes kind of translated to bigger laughs at the actual gig where people have come to see me, where it is a political crowd, where it is a Friday night and people are a bit pissed, right? So I feel like sometimes you can kind of look at it like, you know, okay, a titter here, a tepid response there, but then it translates to bigot. Like you can work out what will work still. But even that, you know, born in mind, this this was different. (laughs) This was just a bit shit. And then... Anyway, then I came off stage and I just fucking hated myself. I was like, "Oh God!" So there was that. This is my life, guys. Cheers. I feel like this this opening <laughs> this opening section is very much the behind the podcast, you know. Um, but I think it's important to give you a dose of the reality of of my life, in case some of you are thinking, "Wow, Aid." The podcast seems to be going really well. You seem to be all over Twitter these days. You know, what What a glamorous life you must lead. And you just smash cut to me crying into my beer on the train home, sobbing. <laughs> that is the reality. Anyway, listen, it will all come together somehow, I'm sure, in time for Glastonbury, which is what I'm sort of, you know, testing these things for, to perform there with Danny Price. Um, and it should be fun. I'm confident it will be Okay, although, do you know what? It's only three and a half weeks away. Like In my mind, it's still, like, months off. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to Glastonbury this year, but that's a while away. Three weeks. <laughs> so I have, I have no time to get this set together. I've got another two gigs max to test a fully written set that we already know half of it bombed the other night. <laughs> so this entire episode is just going to be me having a panic attack. But, uh, yeah. You know what, though? Like, if it if it doesn't come together, and if the show goes terribly, <laughs> well, then, you know, fuck it. I'll just kick off. I mean, like, I'll just throw a tan. Like, you think the royal blood thing was bad? Like, like, all they did was stick up a middle finger and mock the crowd for a bit. I will go flip mode if you don't give me the reaction I'm looking for. Just feed me adulation, guys. Let me bathe in that shit. Um... You know, if you don't believe that I need adulation, if you don't believe that I will go insane if you don't clap and sing for me at Glastonbury, like, I... Bear this in mind. I'm sat here talking to myself in a fucking shed. I'm trying to make myself laugh, talking utter nonsense into a microphone by myself. So let me ask you this. Do you think a lack of positive reaction throughout my childhood has left me saner (laughs) so far? Up to this point, no? Yes, maybe. Well, let's find out. Let's let's amp it up at Glastonbury and see what happens, shall we? What else is going on, podcast admin? Before before we get into this, um, there's oh fuck yeah, there's the 28th of the 9th stuff. I don't know if you've been seeing the memes and the tweets and stuff I put out about the 28th of September. Um, on 28th of September, it's a Thursday night, guys. Something is happening. Something rather culty. Something exciting. What will it be? I'm announcing it next week. You will have to wait until then. Uh, But keep Thursday the 28th of September in your diaries free. Um, Patreons already know what it is, by the way. So if you're really keen, you can jump on there on patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. I'm sure there's a link in the description of uh, of this episode uh final thing on the podcast admin i i feel like a twat a massive colossal twat asking people to do this because i never wanted to be one of these people that's like don't forget to like and subscribe but like somebody was telling me the other day like you you don't ask your listeners to give you a rating why would you not that's how you get recommended that's how you grow a podcast you fucking idiot how long have you been doing this two years So, look, all I'm going to say is, if you are on an iPhone, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you've listened to more than three or four episodes, all I'd ask is tap on my name on the name of the show, scroll down a bit and maybe just give it a rating. Write it a little review if you're feeling very, very supportive. That would be amazing because it all helps, apparently. So I'm told. Right. That's it for podcast admin-y shit. Uh, Let's get into this, shall we? Um, What should we talk about this time? Let's talk let's talk about Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Shall we? Because these two are going for the Republican nomination, which you know, maybe maybe you're not super into American politics or whatever, but like the Republican party is their conservative party, and Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump both are going for the Republican nomination. And the election cycle over in the US is starting to heat up, so that's happening next year as well, right? And you have... So you've got the Republicans who are the Conservatives and then you've got the Democrats who are the sort of, like, centrist party, I guess. You know? Republicans, you know, I say they're Conservative. They're, re- I mean, they're far right, really. They've gone fucking batshit. <laughs> I mean, we think the Tories are bad. They, they really have. They took the crazy baton and ran with it. Um, And that's the nuts and bolts of American politics. Uh, you know, a centre party... And a far right. Like the Democrats like to pretend that they're left leaning, and in some ways they are, you know, but in a, in a lot, then they're not still. So, like, Obama was a Democrat, but he was still fucking slinging drone bombs over weddings and doing extrajudicial killings and mass surveillance. And she, I think it was Obama that, like, didn't he send everyone after Edwin Snowden to jail him in a supermax prison? Like, it's not, not overly liberal, Barack. Um, and and neither biden nor obama have managed to implement anything close to gun control either um although i did think it was funny like <laughs> obama did get something resembling healthcare put in boilerplate healthcare so at least right at the very least no gun control fine but at least if you get shot <laughs> You could go get a quick mechanic repair job on your spleen or bladder or wherever the fuck it was that the bullets tore through. You know, it's like base level healthcare to take the heavy lifting away from gun control. So <laughs> they're, they're thinking outside the box, right? Um, so they had that. And and the Democrats, you know, to be fair to them, they speak up about left leaning social issues, you know, your, your gay rights and your pro-choice and and all of that, but they do dick one about wholesale you know, progressive change, you know, like prison or drugs reform. So it's kinda of hilarious to me when, when people characterize them as, you know, lefties or progressive or liberals and, and so on. You know? You get people saying shit like, um, like, you fucking Democrats, you're such you're such liberal morons with your trans rights this and your free healthcare that. You're such soft, naive, liberal idiot. And it's like they're not that soft. They really are. Like, look at the fucking jails, man. Just packed with black guys who got a three-strike sentence from getting caught with weed three separate times in the 90s, you know? Like, I'm not even joking. It sounds like I'm exaggerating. Like, like in the 80s and the 90s, the US had this fucking this three-strikes law. And who do you think were the majority demographics getting caught up in that? Like black guys and Hispanic. And like they'd get caught with a joint, you know, three times over the space of five years, maybe carrying a small amount of weed to your friend's house and boom 28 year sentence. Like it's so draconian. And I think, you know, to his credit, I think Obama has softened up on that with age. But, you know, still, it's like it's, it's no different from. Like over here, conservative politicians and probably Labour ones as well, but I'm thinking primarily of like William Hague. When these people are like Tory leader or foreign secretary or whatever position of power and influence that they hold and they are empowered, they are wrapped with the power that they need to actually affect change and it must occur to them. These ideas don't suddenly inhabit their brain after they leave office. But once they leave office, they actually are free to then verbalize them and say, do you know what, guys? I really think we need to review how we're approaching the war on drugs. Oh, well, fucking amazing. And only, what, three months, six months after you left the place where you were in a position to do anything about it. Thank fuck you were here, you know? So Obama's probably no different to that. It's just too politically volatile for anyone with any power and influence to stand there at the mercy of voters and say, I think maybe the war on drugs is a load of rubbish. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, how anyone could look at the Democrats as a political force still packing out jails with drug addicts, like even now, or refusing to pardon people on drug offences and, and refusing to remove death penalties at the you know national level or, you know, like how can you look at that shit and go like, wow, What a progressive, liberal institution that party is. It's fucking not. So you have a Conservative Party and a more Conservative Party, as the great Ian Hislop once said of America. Um, Quick swig. And so... So next year is the the next American election, and the Democrats are running with Biden uh, once again. And the Republicans are running with, at least, you know, it currently looks like Donald Trump again. So <laughs> fucking bang up job there, lads. Like, the, the best you could do is the guy that fucked it up last time. Fucking amazing. Good stuff. And um, Trump's main rival, because it's not a dead cert, that Donald Trump will be the Republican nomination and therefore go on to battle Biden. Um, Trump's main rival, the guy that's causing him some problems, not massive problems, it has to be said, but who is currently the only even half serious candidate is Ron DeSantis. Now, to give you an idea, dear listeners, of how little of a problem Ron DeSantis is to Donald Trump, right now. The current polling for Trump is around 40% in Republican circles. And for DeSantis, it's about 25. So it's almost two to one. Like he's trailing hard. It's like Labour in front of Tories territory. And this is against the backdrop of Trump's myriad problems, obviously. Trump's litany of litigation. Just his, you know, this buffet, this sweet intoxicating mix of lawsuits and legal entanglements like if it was anybody else You wouldn't even look at this person as half suitable to run for president people would laugh you out the fucking room You'd be like yeah, um, I I want to run for president. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you, you look good in a suit and you can you can speak English. Uh, have you got funding? Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay, and you're Christian? I mean, just, you know, superficially Christian will do... Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I fuck over everyone that I ever meet, really. I fuck strippers and I, I grab, a, grab bitches by the pussy. And, but super, superficially, I will stand there and hold a Bible and I'll put NFTs and fridge magnets out of, uh, you know, of me with Jesus holding my shoulder and shit. Like, but superficially... I'm basically God. (laughs) Oh, great, great. Oh, and uh, one more thing. I I feel a bit uh, silly asking this. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, What's that? You could ask me anything. Right. Well, you're you're not um, you're not caught up in any lawsuits or prosecutions that might derail the electoral process, are you? I I know it sounds silly, but don't don't be offended. We just have to. We got to ask this stuff. Right. Okay. Well. See the the thing is. What, what is it? A parking ticket or a smoking weed or something minor? just just say that you didn't inhale. You know, it wasn't in the '80s. You're white, so it's it's a different thing. You know, it, it's fine. No, no, it's just um, what, it, it's a it's a few things. Well, what is it? Take, take, take me through them. Well, okay, I'm I'm currently being indicted for using campaign finance money to pay hush money to a porn star. And then lying about it, right? Okay, is that it? No. Um. Also, my company was found guilty on seventeen counts of tax fraud. Jesus Christ! Is okay? Is it just those two? Those two? No. I, I might be getting criminally prosecuted for trying to overturn the results in Georgia. God, just just those three. I, no, I I could also be facing four charges relating to the incitement of some riots a couple of years ago. I could. Oh wait. I could be getting charged for illegally retaining classified documents. In fact, my house got raided by the FBI for that. Oh, oh, wait, I'm getting sued for inflating the value of my assets. And then I may have lowballed the value of those same assets to get tax breaks. Oh, oh, last one, last one, I promise. I got sued for rape. Like, who in their right, or in their far right mind, would would listen to that, that dissonant chorus? of legal problems and go, yeah, yeah, that's that's our guy. <laughs> that's the guy that we want representing the party of law and order. Sure, sign him up. But, but they are, like, by the tens of thousands, they're rallying behind him with a 40% lead. So Ron DeSantis is very much the underdog here. And he's desperate to claim some space in the conservative political landscape. And that space is like the candidate of anti-wokery. Right. Which I think is interesting. Like none of them, none of the American conservatives or British conservatives, none of them could claim to be the party of, you know, working people and aspiration and None of them can claim to be the party of home ownership either, can they? They've got similar problems over there to the problems that we have with the housing crisis. And it, it's it's kind of like there's such a parallel. I know we talk about this all the time with like Brexit and Trump adopting a lot of the same kind of weird, deluded populism on the conservative. Not so much here Christian right, but, you know, over in America, very much on the Christian political right. But it's kind of the same over here, like with Suella Braverman or Lee Anderson. You know, there's nothing about getting industry going again, is there? There's nothing about solving homelessness. There's nothing about improving public services (laughs) or attracting business and jobs to the constituencies or state or improving things for citizens. It's just like over here, it's just the coronation and shit like, you know, well, uh, th- uh, thanks thanks for joining us this morning. It's Nick Ferrari on uh, LBC. T- for, for this hour, we're going to be talking about what might happen if a trans woman enters a changing room in the gym. <laughs> like, have, have we not got anything else that we should be talking about? Climate change, Brexit, the economy, the housing crisis, the NHS collapsing. Is there nothing else that we should be talking about, Nick? Nope, nope, nope. Um, this morning for the next, uh, next hour and a half, we're going to be taking your calls, guys. On what would happen if a trans woman entered the changing room of your gym? And you'll get people phoning up, going like, well, "I don't know what I'd do, you know, if a trans woman with a with a penis entered the the, the changing room." Do, do you go to a gym? No, no, no. But but I I could go to a gym. <laughs> like anyway, look, it's the same thing with DeSantis. And in his interviews, you know, doesn't seem to be much about you know, substantial political policy, that sort of stuff. In his interviews, he's wheeling out this thing about how his home state of Florida is the place woke goes to die. (laughs) That's, That's what you're voting for, guys. Oh, and then there's this other thing. I don't know if you've seen it. This has been bubbling up for a while now. About how he declared war on Disney. (laughs) <laughs> because because Disney are against his ridiculous don't say gay bullshit, right? And it really is bullshit. It's, it's this idea from the American Christian right that the LGBTQ community, that all these people are essentially groomers and pedophiles. Like, that is the substance of it. That's the nuts and bolts. And that even by deigning to suggest or mention to school kids, you know, that there might be gays and lesbians in the world, that somehow you might be grooming or sexualizing them. You know, just take that in for a minute. Just acknowledging the existence of gays and lesbians or trans people that somehow might be grooming your children if they learned about that. Like, it really is every bit as backward as you would imagine from from the insufferably gaudy world of US politics. It's like, you know, I, I don't want my son exposed to that perverted nonsense. Like, what do you think happens in kindergarten? How do you think these topics are being surfaced to your children? Like, all the teacher said was, Yes, Timmy, I'm I am married, and uh, my husband's name is Tom. Like they treated like he kicked off the show and tell with a gimp mask and a row of butt plugs. Like that is that is not what happens. I don't know what you went through when you were at school, but that is not what this is. But yeah, this is what all of this boils down to is, is fear, isn't it? It's like if we teach our kids that gay people exist, they, they might, they might grow up to want to fuck gay people. It's like, listen, listen, Hank, like you learned about clouds and flowers and frogs in kindergarten, didn't you? Yeah. So, so did, did you grow up and fuck frogs, Hank? No. How, how dare you say something so unholy? I'm just saying, It's weird that you would make the leap that something you were exposed to as a child would automatically make you want to fuck it when you're older. It's just a bit odd. Because, you know, in their mind, right, at its core, what they're worried about is that teaching kids that something exists, exposing them to it, will turn them gay. (laughs) That is... That is the ignorance that is on display here. Debunked thousands of times, but still it perseveres. But it's easier to pander to it than to educate it away, right? Same as the racism thing over here and, you know, the bashing immigrants and, oh, they, they take all the jobs and the houses and stuff. Like they could have said, yeah, do you know what, guys? Here's the actual truth of it immigrants are a net positive and we need immigrants and we should be welcoming refugees we have a fucking labor shortage and an aging population net positive we need them we should welcome them but it was easier to pander to it and to exploit it and to use it to win a couple of extra points here and there than it was to educate it away And it's wild for me, right, because here's the thing, right? With the, you know, teaching gay in school, making you gay, right? Like it's such it's such obvious bollocks. Right? Like, <laughs> if not if not for any other reason than the fact I went to Catholic school, right? I was taught somewhat aggressively about Jesus. And God, every fucking hour of every fucking day for four years, when I was the age that they're talking about. And you know what? I didn't grow up to be a Christian. (laughs) So the theory does not hold, lads. In fact, let me me just shock you, if I may. I am quite far from being a Christian. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's still hope for me. I might turn a corner one day. Someone might save me. But... But it hasn't happened yet, he said, from his liquor-swilling mouth and drug-addled brain and sinful relationship status, all engulfed by a total absence of gaudy dogma in his life. Like, how can you worry that just mentioning the existence of gay people to a child might turn them gay if you've bombarded me with Christianity and I grew up to not give a shit, you know? They'd be like, right, but this is about sexuality, eh? I'd be like, right. Now, you say you were water with the Jesus every day for years. That's that's right, I was. Now, let me ask you this. When you came out the other side, yeah, did you want to fuck Jesus? Well, I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe. A big, you know, he sort of lean. He was, you know, what? Early 30s, physical peak, probably. Little loincloth, long hair, a bit androgynous. Yeah, I'm just saying there might be something in this and hashtag vote Ron. I'm just saying... Clearly, being aggressively educated about something makes you need to fuck it. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. Every man that's rooting for Ron DeSantis is tacitly admitting he wants to fuck Christ. What? No way. That is, oh, that's too far. That is, oh, whoa. Cancelled before I got famous. Um. So yes, DeSantis, you know, kind of went to war with Disney because. You know, although this is a corporation who bring in literally billions of dollars to his state. Billions. And this guy's like, yep, you know, major employer, major haymaking conglomerate who other states would kill to attract. <laughs> I'll just start causing the problems because they conflict with my uneducated, cynical, anti-gay bullshit. Like they bring billions of dollars in. But I mean, this is the sort of thing normally you would imagine, you know, money hungry Republican states would would actually, you know, dress in rainbows and suck a couple of dicks to get a company like Disney in. (laughs) But not fiscal genius Ron DeSantis, clearly. And here's the other thing, right? Like, like it's an entertainment corporation. Right. And I don't want to sound like I'm stereotyping here but we could hazard a guess that there's you know there's a few gays that probably work at disney right like it's a fun place lots of lots of show tunes entertainment singing dancing like i'm not saying it's a pride carnival every day but it's not not that either right <laughs> like if your straight white friend pete said he was quitting his job as a mechanic with his oily hands and, you know, overalls and shit. If he was quitting that job to go and coordinate medleys at Disneyland, I mean, you'd be you'd be surprised, wouldn't you? <laughs> A bit. And I know not everyone who works for Disney is picking out show tunes. You know, you've got your sales teams. You've got your facilities and logistics and admin staff and everything. I'm just saying, you know, media, music, Hollywood. Like, these are not necessarily super gay places to work, but they have to at least be supportive of gay rights, gay marriage, trans rights, to not decimate the people who do fit into that category, who play such an integral role within those industries and those companies, right? I mean, you could probably make the case that perhaps a bit of diversity wouldn't go amiss. (laughs) Like... Like there is something funny about that, isn't there? Like like it's not just me. Like you you have to be supportive of LGBTQ and trans rights and you know, because it's the right thing to do, clearly. I mean, you know, don't be a bigot, obviously. But also to attract the best songwriters and choreographers, and you know, you're gonna need to show the world that they might want to work in <laughs> that you're not homophobic, right? But also, maybe that tells us that you need to branch out and attract more straight, white, 45-year-old men out of the engineering and fucking ice road truckers' worlds, away from the offshore oil rigs and into writing show tunes at Disney. How about a bit of inclusivity, Disney? Yeah. I mean, some people might say that Disney being so progressive with gay rights is a sign that they're standing up for minorities, the people who power their industry. But no, I, I see it as problematic and the only reason i can fathom for why there aren't you know 45 year old blue collar factory workers applying for songwriter jobs in florida is because they worry that they won't be taken seriously that is the only reason this is the sister campaign to get women into technology by the way um get blue collar straight men into disney get terrified women to work on offshore oil rigs. That is... (laughs) These are campaigns I'm getting behind, staunchly. Hashtag Vote Anyway, I'm going way off on a tangent here. Riding a wave of sarcasm. I apologise. So DeSantis has picked a fight with one of the biggest uh, employers in his state. And, uh, you know, it's a corporation that other states would voluntarily leave the US to secure... (laughs) Like, it's such a dumb move by someone who seems to want to win over the Republican nomination, who traditionally style themselves as the party of business, right? The party of fiscal responsibility. Similar, very, very similar to the Tories over here. But what an indictment that is of the Republican movement now in the US, you know? Like, normally they'd be all about the dollar. Fuck everything else. If Disney comes knocking, you know, saying we want to run our theme parks and movie studios and productions in your state, but we're very comfortable with supporting gay rights, is that a problem? Historically, I would have thought a lot of Republicans would have bent over backwards for it. It says here that you're feverishly anti-gay, Ron. You'd be like, oh, well, uh... I mean, uh, you, you know, you, you bring your tax dollars and jobs and procurement contracts into the state of Florida. I mean, I could be persuaded to, you know, ease up on some of my, shall we say, inhibition. You know, like you can imagine normally they close a suitcase, packed with cash, and the sensibilities and principles go out the fucking window. But it's so ass backwards. It's like, you know, to the detriment of his state. He's like, fuck Disney. <laughs> Like, if you ever wanted to read on who's the bad guy in a situation, is it, is it the cuddly, family-oriented entertainment company? Or the guy that's like, fuck Disney <laughs> and fuck Santa Claus too? Like, is this where we're headed now? Like, only last week I was marvelling at how low the political discourse has sunk. Now, that mid-morning TV presenters, inoffensive as they are normally, are now banging teenagers in one-bed flats in Southwark. You know, and people screaming about how dishonest Schofield is or was. Like it's a national scandal that we're all emotionally invested in. But last week it was mid-morning TV presenters. This week it's Disney now? (laughs) Nothing is sacred, really? Everything is being tarred and oiled and feathered and burnt, such as the post-apocalyptic morality fire wasteland that we're now living in. Not even Disney is safe. Next week, fucking, you know, Bungle from Rainbows going to be frontline of the culture war for letting slip his feelings about reintroducing national service or something. And Zippy and George are going to be putting out Instagram stories, publicly distancing themselves from him. GB News backing him up. Exclusive interview with Bungle on Dan Wooten tonight. Nothing is sacred anymore in these days of fuck Disney. Anyway, so here's what happened, right? So the don't say gay law was signed off in Florida, and it has since gone out across other states, right? Like piggybacking on the momentum of it. A bit like the uh, abortion stuff, which has sort of ostensibly become illegal Across a load of other states, uh, also. And so, this is that again. Florida roll it out. And of course, within time, other states follow. And within Florida is Disney. And Disney is this economic, and it has to be said, political powerhouse. Um, Like over the years, they've, you know, they've donated to both Republican and uh, Democrat houses. And so, the idea that they're not or that they couldn't be uh, political or request a direction of travel for a particular policy is kind of ridiculous like like they lobby they donate they say what would work well for them for their corporation and and for the state of Florida too you know and, and so on and 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 this would be in exchange for these dollars that we will donate to your office senator or congressman like it sounds like corruption and that's because it is But my point is that as a powerhouse who have some sway over senators and congressmen that represent that state on a budgetary and, you know, social issue standpoint, Disney could push for more compassion with laws like don't say gay, for example. Right. So when the employees at Disney were like, well, hang on ceo hang hang on a second like you have to do something here right then the then ceo was a guy called bob chapek i think i'm pronouncing his name correctly no idea just sort of guessing chapek chapek we'll call him bob bob puts out this watery statement so the employees are like look this is fucked up law it's coming from ron DeSantis. we're not on board with it you have to use your power you say that you're not political, but come on, you obviously you are political when it suits. So he puts out this statement and it basically says he didn't want to rock the boat. (laughs) It's like, he says corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds while he asks his staff to then not mistake, you know, a lack of a statement for lack of support. So he's like, basically, he's like, look, obviously we care about you, you know, but we're, you know, we're somewhat inhibited by how little everyone else cares about you. Like, we give a fuck. <laughs> I give a fuck. Guys, gays, lesbians. But, you know, we're just not going to make some big political statement backing you. But don't mistake the fact that we can't be fucked for us not caring. You know, that was the crux of it. And then, like, I don't know what happened then. But then, like, a month later, Bob, um, he says he's... Wait, hang on. What was it? He, let, me, let me just go back to my notes here. He says he's not only going to publicly oppose the bill, but Disney are suspending all donations in Florida State, right? Like, he really goes in on them. And here's what you want to have happened. Here's what I wish had happened. Would be like, you know, if one of his kids was secretly gay and had a talk with him, or if one of his kids had a best friend who was gay, and then they read him the riot act, you know? And he woke up from his ignorance and he saw things in a new light. But no, actually, what seems to have happened is that the staff at Disney, uh, they started doing walkouts and like universal sick days and just shut that shit down. Like the gates closed. The Mickey Mouse costumes were taken off, folded up and stuffed into lockers. Park wardens and heads of finance would have been like, what? What? But this is this is Disneyland! This is fucking like what what the fuck does happy families and balloons and the frozen ride have to do with politics? God damn it! You know, you'd you'd get like angry, fat, red-cheeked Americans stuffed full of fries and milkshakes, just screaming at the Disney stuff. You know, like, I came here as one of my last wishes. Oh god, I'm so sorry, you know. You know, this this holiday was on your bucket list? Like how? How long have you got left? No, I mean, I mean, I'm 280 pounds and I eat candy bars and grits for breakfast. My my arteries are permanently clogged like L.A. traffic. I, I don't know how long I got left. So this is one of my last wishes. I just got to stay ahead of the game with this stuff. Oh, right. Okay. And I, and I get there's some politics going on. But but what's politics got to do with me and my girls going on the Toy Story cars with Mickey and Goofy? Right. Okay. Now, the the thing is, Hank. The thing is, Mickey and Goofy, they really want to ride the cars with you. They do. But Mickey and Goofy are shit scared that if things carry on on this trajectory, Mickey and Goofy might end up sentenced to conversion therapy in the next few years. Are you saying Mickey and Goofy are gay? (laughs) Well, I mean, not really. I'm saying... I'm saying the two gentlemen that put the costumes on, they happen to be homosexuals. Mickey and Goofy are not gay. Why? Why do you libs always have to sexualize the innocence of children? That's that is not what is happening here, Hank. And yeah, you know, anyway, they they all walked out. They all called in sick, or something, and forced Disney. And so within a couple of weeks, Disney released this like follow-up like hostage statement. Bear in mind before they were like, statements don't really do anything, to be honest with you. Like, now then they put out this statement, and it's like, it's like, we suddenly decide to support you. Uh, we're suddenly deciding to uh, give our best efforts to combat this and similar legislation elsewhere. We have begrudgingly realized that we failed to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights. That is almost word for word, what they said. And so then Ron DeSantis, remember this is between DeSantis and Disney, right? He fires his warning shot at them. Republicans start warning that they're going to punish Disney's operations in the state of Florida because Disney have gone on the record, out in the open, saying this fucking law is bullshit. And DeSantis' Republican Party in Florida, right, he then, he decides, this is last year, by the way, April 2022, it's all kicking off, DeSantis decides, he's like, right, if you're going to publicly oppose my culture war fucking brain bin bollocks, right, if you're going to publicly oppose it and cause me problems, I'm going to expand this legislative session, right, where they're discussing redistricting, which is kind of what you expect, you know, sort of redrawing lines and who pays what tax and where this money goes. And anyway, it sounds like Disney had a sort of special arrangement, right, with Florida going back years where they its quite fucked up. The power of, you know, corporocracy, if you like. But they had this arrangement with the state of Florida where they would collect their own taxes, Right they have this huge, sprawling mass of land and they collect their own tax and they fund their own facilities and then, you know, presumably they're sort of, you know, free of or significantly less troubled by state taxes, right? So again, corruption. They bring their big corporation in, they build out this big amusement park, but then they get this special fucking deal with the state. Like, yeah, we're not going to pay... Taxes, really? Like we're just gonna run our own shit. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of like a mini state of Disney, right? So, so yes, again, corruption. And he says he wants to terminate this thing of like special districts, that like any special districts, special arrangements that were created before 1968, right? Very specific year, <laughs> because this Disney arrangement was set up in dun dun dun. 1967 so anything before that he's gonna really oh well fucking how lucky is that that you've you've set up the goalposts to exactly capture disney so he's obviously going in on them he wants to make life really fucking hard for disney he's nuking their tax benefits He's fucking their shit up. And the whole point of Disney having this set up was so they could fund their own utilities. They could build on whatever land they owned without having to go through state offices and so on. They could collect their own rubbish. They have their own emergency services. And they're like, you know, if you want to set up and run a burger bar somewhere, you pay a little bit of tax towards what is called Reedy Creek Improvement District. And then they use some of that money to run the park and all the facilities, right? And now DeSantis is not only pissing them off, but presumably if he's going to start demanding, like, Disney pay the proper taxes, they're going to be like, they're going to turn around, they're going to go like, okay, well, look, have you got the facilities to run ambulances and a fire department and water and road upkeep around, like all of the things that we've been running here with our tax money that we, you know, like immediately, as soon as you set fire to this agreement... (laughs) You're going to have to run the public services for this whole area (laughs) because day one, you're going to be responsible for a big fuck off patch of people and businesses and utilities. And, you know, and you know what's interesting about this, right, is to begin with. They actually tried to cloak it as that it was nothing to do with like any war with Disney. It was just a procedural thing it was just a no 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 it's it's nothing to do with like any vindictive anti-disney uh setup or you know no that's that's really petty no it's just to do with blocking special privileges for any big business in the state of Florida it's what flor Floridians are looking for they don't want corporations walking all over them we're looking at any big business blocking their special privilege and then a couple of weeks later right <laughs> couple of weeks later, they're doing this fundraising thing where they're sending out comms, messages, and uh, and then they can't help but let the ego and the culture war aspects take hold. And then it's like, no, this is to stop meddling corporations like Disney and their woke agenda, like specifically calling out Disney as woke and the don't say gay debacle. And so then DeSantis sends out this thing to donors and fundraising teams and he's like, you know, Disney thought they ruled Florida. They even tried to attack me to advance their woke agenda. Now parents see Disney for what it is. And now is the time to put the power back in the hands of Floridians and out of the pockets of the woke executives. Like, and I read this shit and I'm like, woke executives, you know? Like, I think it's pretty clear that the executive branch of Disney did not want to do shit. Like, like they were happy to be like, "Well, you you feel attacked and legislated against. Uh, that sucks, but meh, you know." That was their starting position. It was only when the everyday Floridians who fucking worked there, walked out that the executives were like, oh, hold on, wait, shit, shit, we we better begrudgingly do something. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Disney's executives are about as woke as fucking, I don't know, like, they've had their arms twisted behind their back, you know? They're forced into taking action. Like, imagine your dad getting forced to take your mum to see sunset boulevard right he's forced and emotionally blackmailed into doing it begrudgingly he goes along with it oh god suppose i better take her you know "Uh, it is her birthday oh bloody hell that doesn't make him part of the musical theater agenda it doesn't make him love andrew lloyd webber you know it may make him hate him more. <laughs> In fact, how many times do we have to go through this, Ron? Like, if your dad goes to a musical, it doesn't mean he loves all musicals. If Disney go along with this, it doesn't mean they're frothing at the lip to pursue a liberal agenda at all costs. If you teach boys about gay men, they're not going to develop some unquenchable visceral need to suck your dick. They're just not. Like, what part of this are you not getting, Ron? It's nature not nurture it's like i'm always amazed by these motherfuckers who think you can learn gay in kindergarten or anywhere you know who think you can conversion therapy or pray the gay away you know like i always want to grab them and slam them in a chair and be like all right you think you can pray the gay away you think you can teach someone to not be gay Yes, yes, I do. I th- I firmly believe that aid. Well, okay, well, by that logic, we should be able to pray the gay in. We should be able to conversion therapy you into physically needing a dick in your face. Like, if A is possible, then so is B. So let's fucking do this. Just spend 20 minutes straight praying to a picture of Jesus, begging him to turn this motherfucker in the chair gay. Like, fucking... Jesus and his loincloth and his long hair, all androgynous, you know. <laughs> you know what? Half of it would be praying. The other half would be jerking it over Jesus. Now, listen, DeSantis then sets up this board. Right? This has got way too problematic. DeSantis sets up his board of his own appointees, right, who are going to manage the tax affairs and public services from what used to be Disney's own setup, right? You still with me, guys? Bear with me, right? So, Disney lose their tax privileges, the fact that they're basically their own mini-state, uh, and all of that is now going to be run by this DeSantis setup board. And included in this board is some fucking right-wing ministry leader and a donor, and it's exactly as you would expect. Like, laughably so. One of them, this piece suggests that I've been reading right it suggests that uh one of the men appeared in a YouTube video where he had said American tap water had turned people gay <laughs> like way, way out to lunch gaudy insanity it's just you know but like you can kind of understand the whole you know teach kids about gays maybe they get curious. And they become gay. I mean, it's, you know, stupid and ignorant and everything. But if you teach kids some things, they do get interested in them, don't they? So, I mean, you could kind of understand how maybe someone who's quite impressionable with a low IQ, maybe, like how they might believe that kind of nonsense. It's kind of half understandable, right? But. But water now? <laughs> really? Water? Like we've we've gone from mid-morning TV presenters to Disney to fucking water? <laughs> where, where is this headed, guys? Like, are we literally going to end up with two tribes? Is that where this is headed? Like, on the left... Over here is this modern city, and it will have vaccines and technology and robot cars and nuclear power and 5G phones. And, you know, people are just going about their business. And then on the right over here is a fucking township, just a shanty town, just dixieland flags and brexit banners and everyone's getting sick because no one trusts medicine there and nobody builds anything they just spend their whole day worshiping a giant wooden and wicker donald nobody washes or bathes lest the devil's water turn some gay and impure like where is it that we are headed people anyway listen let's let's close out here because i've been talking for a while man um so i'll just quickly finish this bit off for you. So, uh, DeSantis's board has stripped control from Disney, and then Disney are in turn suing them. Like, you can't just void this decades-long agreement, you fucking idiots. Like, you need to run the services. There's billions of dollars of contracts that we were signed up to. If you pull them away from us, you're fucking liable. Like, and Disney are already saying, like, you know, look, we're not relocating any more staff. We're not opening up any more bi- like buildings in Florida. It's a Uh, A volatile business environment there. So investment is going to decline. And who's going to lose out. Out of all of this. His own state. And who is going to exploit that. Who lives in Florida. Donald fucking Trump. So. Like you can almost hear the sound bites now. Like Trump is gonna be like, well, I tried to tell him, you know, you you need to make a deal, but he wouldn't listen. It's very sad. It's so sad. Sad for Florida. Like it's gonna be that sort of shit. So even if Trump wasn't fucking twenty points ahead, this sort of stuff is going to bury Ron DeSantis. And who's gonna pay the price for that shit? everyone else in the fucking world guys that's it i'm gonna have to go i've got kids i need to go in and check that they're all right um if you've been enjoying this podcast please do consider the patreon it's patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson uh you get episodes of the pod two days ahead of everyone else you also get first dibs on the live show i've got uh, actually i'm appearing at glastonbury but then after that i've got a special event something is happening something cult related i mentioned at the beginning um, so if you want first dibs on the tickets for that which will sell out um, then jump on patreon.com forward slash aid thompson oh fuck we also have a discord chat you can jump in the discord chat talk to me i'm on there every day we share memes we talk shit about tories you get the idea um that's it from me for tonight i'll catch up with you all on friday night when i'm back with my guest have a wicked week till next time stay booge